This is a Let's Talk Tribe Weekly Prospect Chat, recorded on May 18th, 2017. I am your host, Matt Lyons. Joining me, as always, is the man with all the answers. Let's Go Tribe's lead prospect writer, Brian Heminger. Brian, what are we going to talk about today? Oh, we've got a lot in store. Obviously, big news, Bradley Bradley Zimmer, number one or slash number two prospect, getting promoted to the Indians. And got a couple injuries that took place down in the farm, some promotions, and then obviously uh, the players of the week. And then, of course, I'll be taking any and all of our questions from the readers of the site and the listeners of the podcast. And of course, I'm the absolute last person to point out a, um, what do you call a grammatical speaking error? But I would like Bradley Prospect to be his nickname if he doesn't pan out. <laughs> <laughs> it just works out too well. That it's hey, we, 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 we saw the best of him on <laughs> we did. yesterday. So he's, he's, he's officially... Uh, a surefire hit. <laughs> so we can just talk about him right away. Um, you said we saw the best of him, a double and a home run. I'd say in the first game, we saw the worst of him right away, yep. which was over three with three strikeouts. So yep. just uh, what, what can we expect from him? What's your overall impression of his first couple games here? Well, you're going to expect to see some patience at the plate. Um, I mean, when he even in his 0 for 3 game with three strikeouts, he still saw like four or five, even six pitches in each at bat. So it's not like he just went up there and whiffed in three pitches each time, which is a which is always good to know. And then uh, he's six foot five, so he's got a big strike zone. He crouches down in there. I mean, he's got that that goofy looking back batting stance, but he makes it work. But he's got uh, a lot of swing and miss potential just because of how much uh, you know his how long his arms are. I mean, it's kind of like uh, watching Richie Sexton again, except he's a lot quicker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is a good, I wouldn't say it's a good comparison, but it's a good, like, what you're looking at. A visual comparison, yeah. the way he looks, like, like a lot like Richie Yeah, Jackson. just at the plate, yeah. Yeah. Like, he just, he can cover so much. But, I mean, the advantage of that was with those long arms, he can hit the outside of the plate. Like, guys, if they hit, stay in the zone against him, he's going to be able to hit the ball and hit it hard. And you saw uh, yesterday with the best of him, I mean you don't even have to hit at the middle of the plate. If you just, even the outside of the plate, he can take it the other way and he has power. Um, and it was even on his out. I mean, he hit it almost to the warning track on a pop-up. I mean, this guy, when he, when he hits the ball, he hits it hard. And I think, uh, and he didn't embarrass himself in the outfield. I mean, he didn't have to make any crazy plays yet, but uh, that that's always a bonus. Yeah. He's an absolute, like a gazelle in the outfield watching it. Yeah. Like, it's just three steps. He's across the outfield. Cause he's so tall and he did sort of make, I mean, it wasn't an out, but he dove and he knew to just bat the ball down. That was in his first game. I yeah. Think. And he, he kept it. Yeah. He kept the, he kept the ball from getting by him, which is better than Kevin Kiermeyer did uh, last week. <laughs> yeah. So it's a, a smart times. play. Yeah. Yeah. He just hasn't robbed anybody like it's been happening to the Indians. Yeah. But, yeah. But yeah. I'm sure it'll happen. I can't wait with to his, see him with his, the ball. Yeah, with his height, he can make some plays at, at fences. Yeah. The, the only other thing, um, maybe you don't know this, maybe you do, but so he's always scouted as having, quote-unquote, like 20 home run power, but he's never actually hit 20 home runs in the minors. Is it just kind of a thing where he's hitting a bunch of doubles and triples and scouts can just say, like, yeah, that'll turn into homers eventually? Or what leads him to say that somebody it's... has, like, 20 home run power? Well, you you look at their frame too. I mean, he's got that wiry frame, and you know that as he fills out and and adds muscle. And we saw the muscles too. He was flexing with his uh, his balls, uh, the 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 double and the the home run balls, the baseballs. <laughs> and, uh, 
but he was he was flexing with those, and you're just like, wow, this guy's you know he's giving Yandy a, a Yandy a run for his money with those biceps, and I mean the power is just there. I mean he just hasn't kind of squared up enough, but you know that when he does, I mean it's they're going to go a long way, and he was leading all Indians prospects in doubles uh, already. He had like eleven, I think, heading into uh, his promotion. So I mean he's and. And you saw it. I mean, his first two hits cranked one off the the top of the or about three quarters of the way up the the wall, and then he blasted one to right center field. I mean, those that that's not exactly a, a spot you're expecting somebody to hit their first home run. <laughs> yeah, and that like that that combination speed and power that he has that's that's exciting in itself. I mean, you can have the Bobby Bradleys of the world, which is power and they're big lumbering for his first baseman, but the fact that he's a center fielder and he's so fast and he has so much power is really exciting. Because Especially, I like fast center fielders in general. That's why I like Kenny Lofton so much and I was excited for Greg Allen, but mm-hmm. also excited for Bradley Zimmer because he's a speedy, tall center fielder, which is it's just a weird package altogether, I think. And if he pans out, yeah. he's going to be a really unique player. Yeah, that, that's why people are so excited about him. We got to see uh, I mean, the guy is a five-tool player. Uh, he's got the arm, he's got the defense, he's got the speed, and he's got the power, and he's got the ability to hit for average. The only thing is the strikeouts. And I, I, and I honestly think that'll get better as his career progresses. He's still so young. He's going to strike out a lot. We're going to have to be patient with him because when he does make contact, that ball goes far. <laughs> it's going to go far a lot, I'm sure. Um, so something less fun... Um... To, to make a nice little bridge from Bradley Zimmer over to the minor league injury stuff, uh, a lot of people are asking, why not Tyler Naquin? I mean, for one, uh, Bradley Zimmer has a much higher ceiling. If Bradley Zimmer is ready, you bring him up over Tyler Naquin. But the other reason is that Naquin is on the disabled list. I'm pretty yeah. sure he still he, is now, but he was for a little bit. And then there's also a couple other injuries uh, you want mm-hmm. to talk about. So what's yeah, going Naquin, on there? Yeah, Naquin's still on the disabled list. He... Uh... He got put on with a back injury. He left a, a game, middle of the game, just his back was acting up on him. He went on the disabled list. And I think it's kind of similar to what Kluber's been going through. And he hasn't uh, played since. So uh, he's just still chilling on that minor league seven-day disabled list that they have. Um, and then no like new major like people being put on the disabled list. Um, Leandro Linares, uh, the really good reliever prospect that hadn't given up a run all season, he got taken off of the disabled list this week, uh, which is always good news. You're always happy to see guys uh, get activated. Um, and then he's he's back at high A Lynchburg. Mitch Longo got activated. Uh, I think he never was really on the disabled list, but he was just in extended spring training because he hadn't started the season yet. But he was recovering from a broken hamate bone injury, similar to what Greg Allen is currently working on. And Longo is playing at Lake County right now. And he had a monster game yesterday. I think he had three hits. So uh, so he's back and healthy. And then the other injury, um, we don't know how serious it is. Um, Bobby Bradley left with like a, a middle finger injury in the middle of the game. Mike Poppy went uh, substituted in for him on Tuesday. And Bradley left in the middle of the game. He did not play yesterday. They had an off day today. And he wasn't put on the disabled list, so I'm assuming he'll play tomorrow. But it's just something to keep an eye on. So I think that's about it on injury news, at least with the, the prospects. So nothing too bad. Just the fact that Bradley yeah. Bradley, Bradley, Bobby Bradley is kind of a highly touted prospect for injury. But that's about it. He's not major, mm-hmm. I don't think. And like you said, Naquin is just a back thing. And Do you think even if he wasn't injured, would Zimmer have been the one to come up anyway? 
Yeah, you have to go Zimmer. Especially with how hot he's been. I mean, he was on an eight-game hitting streak, just torching the ball, hitting home runs and doubles all over the place. He was he's ready. Like he's he's like the things that people were worried about when he initially got promoted to Triple A last year, when he was striking out like thirty-eight percent of the time, batting like two twenty. That was in the past. He was batting about two ninety, striking out about twenty-nine percent of the time. So he's ready. So sort of related, we just got a comment from Chris Hoshelter. He basically just wants to know Zimmer or DS. That's his whole comment. I'm assuming which who do you think I don't know, we'll say who has the better future, who better overall player, I guess. I think I might know the answer. <laughs> yeah, it's, but, it's Zimmer. Yeah. I mean, I, I personally am the biggest fan of Yandy Diaz in the world, but you saw that even in, in his brief time in the outfield that he's, you know, he's not a natural outfielder. I mean, he did not look that comfortable out there. Um, I mean, he, I still think uh, he's got the best eye in the system in terms of drawing walks. But for some reason, like, he does not strike out in the minor leagues at all. But major league pitching, he is having a lot of trouble uh, not striking out. Like, And obviously, the the ground ball rate, that, that's something that's going to have to improve drastically. I mean, he he hits home runs every time we send him down. He had, had a home run today. And, but uh, he just he, – he can't seem to keep the ball off the ground when he's batting for the Indians. But he'll turn it around. The, the main thing, though, is Yandy's more of an offensive prospect, and I don't know what his position is going to be for the Indians because Jose Ramirez has Ramirez has third base locked down right now, and and he's a better third baseman than Yandy, even though Yandy's not bad at third. And we're just gonna ha- we're gonna have to find a spot for him. Maybe he could transition to first, but he'd have to hit for more power. Yeah, the only thing I could think of is it's probably not going to happen now, but like that crazy theory going around about moving Jason Kipnis to center field and then bumming Jose yeah. to second, but that's not going to happen. So we've got, we've got way too many good center fielders to be moving Kipnis yeah. to center. Oh, it's such a hard problem to have. <laughs> it's so difficult. Yeah. I mean, eventually like he might just be a trade piece eventually. I don't know, but it's also important to remember that we really all loved Yandi, but that he, that was taking him from a prospect. who wasn't really known to, Hey, this guy could be kind of good which is why mm-hmm. we loved him. And Zim- Zimmer's just been a top prospect all along. So he's going to probably yeah. be better overall. Um, yeah. And, and Zimmer just that he will be. Yeah. And Zimmer has the tools too. Like mm-hmm. Yanni's not going to be out there stealing a ton of bases. Zimmer, I bet he could steal. I mean, he could be a 2020 guy and Yandy doesn't, I mean, he has a good arm. Zimmer has as at least as good arm, if not better. And then obviously Zimmer is just a natural outfielder. I mean, he just, he just looks like he knows what he's doing out there. He does. The guy's like 90% likes. That's crazy. <laughs> and the other thing I wanted to mention um, was Zimmer and Naquin. With apologies to Naquin, I don't think it's going to be long before people fall in love with Zimmer the way they did Tyler. Mm-hmm. Once he has like one or two big moments like Tyler did, Zimmer's going to obviously hit more home runs, so he's going to have more likely to have them. But I think it's only a matter of time before people kind of are okay with Tyler Naquin not being up when Zimmer really gets going. Because the power, the speed, everything's going to be so much fun to watch. More than Naquin, I think. Yeah, I think Zimmer's up for good. Like yeah. when when Austin Jackson is ready to return from the disabled list, and that's probably pretty soon. I think that they'll just they'll just send Daniel Robertson down. Like Zimmer, Zimmer, I don't know if he's ever going down unless he like really really struggles. Yeah, but it, it's his at this point. And speaking of mm-hmm. Robertson, did you see the um, when Zimmer hit his home run? They did the Bash Brothers thing. Yeah, that, that was, was really hilarious. Cool. I love that. <laughs> I don't know if he's gonna do it forever. Just the I, the old forearm smash. Yeah. 
I asked if he did it. Um, I asked somebody in the Clippers if he did it all the time. They didn't know, but I looked through his home runs. He didn't. So maybe there's like spontaneous, like I hit home run, I'm going to do it. And then he did it. And it was really cool. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so let's talk about some strange promotions. Other, well, I wouldn't say strange, but interesting. Well, no, that's promotions. pretty, pretty, pretty strange. <laughs> the main one that I want to talk about is uh, Connor Maribel. He went from high A all the way to Columbus. He skipped double A. So um, we've talked about it in like the minor league recaps and stuff, but that's probably not permanent, right? So do you want to explain what's going on with that one? And there's a couple others you wanted to mention too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Mirabel last year led all Indians prospects in doubles with 45. I mean, he was a really, he had a great season. It was his breakout season last year. And he was, he's been off and on this year, like injured, a little bit injured, uh, had a stint on the disabled list, but he was doing okay at high A. And then, boom, they promote him to, to AAA. And the, the main reason they did that is because uh, right now Columbus doesn't have Daniel Robertson. They don't have Bradley Zimmer. Tyler Naquin's hurt. Yandy Diaz was on his way back. They weren't sure if he was going to be able to play and that day. And they're just like, we need an outfielder. And I think Akron was on the road. <laughs> so um, they just they had to, to make a decision. And... And Akron really didn't have any center guys that can play center field either. So uh, Connor Mirabeau was, uh, and they have plenty of outfielders at high A. They they were basically they play four outfielders almost every day, and they have one, and they're always playing different positions at high A Lynchburg, and uh, so they were able to to squeeze uh, a player over. And, and and Connor, he's he's doing okay. He's got three games. He's picked up two hits and a walk, I think. So. I mean, he's he's not doing amazing, but hey, make the best of your opportunity right now, young 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 gun. Uh, and, and he's not going to stay there, obviously. Right now, they're just treating him like uh, kind of an org filler. But I mean, he he has the potential to be a, a player that could make it to the Indians or to the major leagues at least someday. But uh, I expect that when Austin Jackson's ready to go, then they'll send Daniel Robertson down and Maribel back to to high A. Yeah, just but, some. Minor league yeah. weirdness shuffling around. Yeah, and... I mean, they, they did a similar thing last year with uh, Nick Pasquale, who was at high A, and then he made some spot starts with triple A, like instead of going to double A, <laughs> just because they needed uh, a starter and he was he was available. Or, or some for some reason, he was more available than a double A guy. Yeah. Uh, so what were the other ones you wanted to mention? Well... Other promotions? Uh, yeah, Columbus had a couple horrific starts and some double headers this week. So they had to basically borrow Akron's bullpen. <laughs> hey, can we have this? <laughs> yeah. It started with David Spear and Matt Whitehouse. Uh, Spear actually started the, the second day, uh, second game of the double header. And then Matt Whitehouse came in and ruined it. <laughs> he went like <laughs> two thirds of an inning and gave up seven earned runs. His ERA is 94 at AAA right now. Yeah, that's fine. That's sustainable. Yeah. yeah. And then they call, Then they send them back the second that game was over. And then they called up uh, Neil Holland and somebody else. Um, I forget who the other one was. but And then today, Sean Morimando throws his best start of the season. Seven shutout innings, strikes out six. Does I don't know if he walks a batter. And then Neil Holland comes in and gives up four runs, and they lose. <laughs> so, so they can basically blame their last two losses on the Akron bullpen. 
Things are rough in Columbus right now. The whole starting rotation. Clevenger was the only good one, and the Indians took him. Yeah. And then Merritt, Maramondo. Well, Moramondo, Moramondo's getting my Player of the Week nomination. Actually, he uh, his last two starts, zero runs allowed, thirteen innings. He's done a really good job. So maybe he's turning it around. He was atrocious before that, and and honestly, three starts ago, I think he went like three innings or four innings and gave up eight runs. <laughs> but yeah, his was, last two amazing. starts, his last two starts in the past week were amazing. So he's getting a Player of the Week nomination for sure. Well, that's interesting. Didn't his ERA like still over five? I think right in the whole season. Oh yeah, because the oh, first yeah. couple of games. It'd be kind of interesting check. if he. I've, um, if I've he... got him here. Let's see. His ERA on the season is five point zero four, and that's after two straight really good starts. <laughs> yeah, it tells you how bad the whole rotation was. Yeah, thirteen innings, ten hits, two walks, thirteen strikeouts. That's pretty good. Yeah, and Mason Shattuck in the comments, he wants to know, the Columbus rotation is brutal. Any other Akron guys going to get the call to AAA soon? I guess we can count that well, as any of them coming permanently, yeah. not just these guys well, are borrowing. They, they called up Michael Peoples permanently because they expect that Clevenger's up for a, a while. And Michael Peoples is more of an org filler guy, but he's, he's decent uh, starter depth in the organization. Uh, the next guy I want to keep an eye on for getting called up is Julian Merriweather. He has the best fastball in the system. Uh, he, I mean, he tops out about um, upper 90s. I, th- I think he can hit 98, 99. And he's, uh, I mean, he's a little older for a prospect. He's like at 25 or 26. But, I mean, this guy is legit. I mean, his last start, he struck out 10 guys, career high. And he has great control. I mean, he he broke out last season at Lynchburg. And then it's he, he's really starting to kick it in a notch right now at double A. So, I expect that he'll be called up pretty soon. Like you see, he was the opening day starter for uh, Akron as well. Do we dare say the T word with AAA this year? Is that not going to happen no matter how good he does? Uh, what do you mean? <laughs> Tristan McKenzie. Oh. <laughs> like, is his ceiling I, I, is pretty much AA at this point? This, yeah, this yeah, season. yeah. Yeah. McKenzie's getting called up to AA at the All Star break. Almost, I'm almost certain with that. Yeah, I think the way. The rest it, of the year. Yeah, I think right now they want to let him keep facing the same people over and over again because you got to make a lot of adjustments in that league. And that's a, a really important thing at, at the high A level because it's a smaller league. You're facing a lot of the same teams. And if you want to be able to be consistent and keep dominating, you, you have to keep adjusting. And, uh, I mean, his last start, McKenzie actually gave up four runs in six and a third. Struck out eight still. Only gave up three hits, but one of them was a three-run homer. So it was just—it was also his first home run allowed at the high A level. So that's torn uh, prospect. But, yeah, yeah. What a what a bum. <laughs> Gave up one one big hit. <laughs> Cut him. But still eight yeah. strikeouts and yeah. And what is that like his worst minor league game in a long time? And yeah, it was his, it was. I'd say it was his second worst of the season. He had he had one bad start. I wouldn't even call that a bad start. Uh, he had one bad start earlier this year where he was just didn't quite have his his command. Yeah. But for the most part, I mean, he's his ERA is still like two point one or two point two for the season. I mean, he's just destroying people. Yeah, again, like nineteen at high A, <laughs> which yeah. is crazy. So, Brian, let's move on to our player of the week stuff. Uh, well, I guess your player of the week stuff. So, who do you got? You already mentioned uh, Sean Morimondo because he's got his two starts in and looked great. Mm-hmm. Um, who else you got coming up tomorrow? Uh, there's today. a couple other ones. Uh, Merriweather, I, I just mentioned he had a great start. I think six innings, struck out ten, and um, who else? Um, Eric Stamets, the the base, the sure-handed shortstop prospect. He started the season 
at AAA, and he was so bad that they demoted him. Um, he, he had one hit in his first 14 games. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, less than good. Yeah. And then he, they, they demoted him to AA, and then he just caught fire and just started blistering the ball. And he was batting. He, he went from batting like 0. 0.5 like to batting over 300 with uh, Akron and just cranking doubles left and right. And then they promoted him back up to AAA when they called up Eric Gonzalez and DFA'd Michael Martinez, RIP. And <laughs> and Stamets hit a home run today. Uh, he's, he's been doing a nice job. So he, he, he will be getting a Player of the Week nomination as well. And I'll have to look in and, and try to find the other ones. I was thinking about Connor Capel because he had two home runs in the same game. But that was about it for this past week. He didn't really have many other good games. So I'll, I'm going to have to do some digging to get the other three. I don't know about the week, but was it? Oh, who was it? Somebody's had a bunch of like two hit games. Was it Tyler Krieger? I think uh, Sam, Sam Haggerty. Haggerty. Yeah, Haggerty. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to look because he's he returned from injury. I don't know how many games he was able to play this past week. Oh, that's right. Yeah, this last but, overall. But yeah, he had another triple, which is number which leads all of baseball, major leagues or minor leagues. He's tied for first place with seven. I mean, the guy is a monster right now. He's not hitting for like home run power, but doubles and triples it's disgusting right now <laughs> so brian uh, everybody in the comments we're gonna move on to our questions of course if you guys have any right now uh, that you want answered go ahead and drop them in the comments but we did round up a few earlier on twitter and on facebook every thursday we ask you guys for prospect questions um this week our first one is at alan in on twitter he wants to know what prospects could be theoretically theoretically packaged to get a starter i mean realistically it's probably too early to talk about trade deadline stuff but Let's say for whatever reason the Indians hit the deadline, they want a starting pitcher. What could they package to get some kind of like top of the line guy? Or even you can just sign a like minor package to get mm -hmm. some fringe start well, for a starter. Yeah. Well, the thing you want to look at for that the most tradable prospects for the Indians are the guys where we have blockers and that are and then we still have guys in like our top ten that are good. So the guys that would make the most sense that wouldn't hurt us a ton to trade would be like a Yu Cheng Chang. Um, I mean, if they want to extend Carlos Santana, then Bobby Bradley suddenly becomes expendable. Um, then you have guys like Eric Gonzalez. I mean, right now he's, he is a top 10 prospect in the system and he's the utility guy and he's going to be the utility guy forever at this rate, unless somebody's hurt. Um, so Eric Gonzalez is still expendable and, so I think those three right now are all top 10 prospects that if you could package them together and make something happen. Uh, I, I just can't see them wanting to unload Francisco Mejia at this point or Tristan McKenzie. And obviously Zimmer's up for good. There's no way I think they want to trade him. Maybe Tyler Naquin becomes expendable uh, with Greg Allen coming up. Um, and then we have a bunch of other uh, outfield prospects, you know, just waiting in the wings. So... Uh, I think that those are the I, I would say those are the guys right now that would make the most sense. Yeah, I think it makes sense. So they're they're not looking like deal away any of their their top top guys like Mejia or you didn't mention I would, Justin McKenzie yeah. or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I think McKenzie and Mejia are off limits, but uh, maybe maybe Brady Aiken be, could become available with the uh, you know he's he's been struggling. So uh, maybe if the Indians are impatient. They could pull a, a Mike Clevenger and give him up while he's struggling, coming off of Tommy John, 
and then Aiken makes us pay every year after that, every time we face him, like uh, Clevenger's <laughs> going to do the, the Angels forever. Well, I hope the Indians get at least more than, like, what was it, a year and a half of a 30-year-old oh, reliever? Yeah, <laughs> Vinny Pistano. <laughs> I always get a mix-up with Joe Smith or Vinny Pistano, one of the two. I think it was Vinny. Yeah, it was Vinny. Yeah. That was the best trade, one of the best trades we've ever made. I know, it's crazy how Vinny's been. Every time that he comes up and like plays the Angels, I always see everybody post. I'm like, oh, we, we had him, remember? Wasn't that yeah. fun? <laughs> and I always forget that Clevenger had Tommy yeah, John surgery. So. Yeah, considering how many issues they, the, the Angels starting pitching has had, I think they're trying out Doug Fister right now, and I think they're about to sign him. And I think they I'm sure that they would, they would, yeah, they would love to have Mike Clevenger. Oh, yeah, for sure. He'd be an everyday starter there, I would think, right now, right? Like, oh, yeah, right now he would. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, our next one is Mike Bobel on Facebook. He wants to know which prospect has the biggest, has been the biggest surprise so far and which prospect has been the biggest disappointment so far. Okay. I'm going to name a couple. Uh, biggest surprise, we've talked about him a little bit, Sam Haggerty. I mean, he was a guy that was more of a, a utility role player last year, batting in the low 200s in his first full season at Lake County. And then all of a sudden he is leading the Indians in almost every significant uh, statistical category, batting average, OPS, doubles, triples, uh, stolen bases. He has 10. I mean, the guy is just killing it right now. Um, so offensively, he is definitely the, the biggest surprise. I would say number two surprise offensively, Mike Poppy. I mean, the guy's batting over 300. He's hit like six or seven home runs. Um, he's leading the, the organization in on-base percentage. Uh, he has been, he's finally showing the, the, the glimpse, the promise of what we drafted him at, like that major league batting eye with good contact ability. So I'm hoping that he can keep this up all season. But Poppy has been carrying <laughs> Akron offensively right now. And then pitching-wise, it's got to be Thomas Pannone. I mean, that kid is unbelievable. He's, he wasn't even in MLB Pipeline's top 30 prospects, and he went on a 51.2 consecutive scoreless inning streak. Now, I don't know exactly how they're going to rule how that scoreless streak went because he started a game, it was pouring rain, and he gave up like two runs the other day, and then they suspended the game. And I think they were planning on playing it again the next day, and then that game got canceled. So I don't know how that's going to work. I don't know if it's, it counts towards his record or not. So we'll I, we'll have to wait and see on if his scoreless inning streak continues. That's a very weird issue. I never even thought of that. Yeah. It's like if they never play it again or yeah, they never I don't know. That, I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea how that's going to work out. And then because... if he like pitches in between, like if he has a few more starts, do those count as the inning? That's so weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it's just super strange. Yeah. But yeah, those those are the those are the people that have been very pleasant surprises. Now, disappointments, number one offensively, and it's not even close, Nelly Rodriguez. He's batting one hundred, batting ninth in the batting order. And this is a guy was that was batting fourth lat all last season for Akron. He had like twenty eight home runs, like 80 or 90 RBIs, a bunch of doubles. I mean, he was an offensive wrecking machine in Akron. And this year he's batting 100. They dumped him to ninth in the batting order. He's basically playing every other day now. They're not even playing him every day. Uh, Chris Calabello's taken most of his playing time. And he's striking out like 50% of his plate appearances. I mean, it is atrocious. 
And the jump from double A to triple A is not that severe. I have no idea what's going on with Nelly Rodriguez offensively. But I mean, he is, I mean, I, I don't, I'm thinking about just completely giving up on the guy and just, it's been atrocious. Just makes no sense. Um, and then pitching wise, I would say Juan Hillman and Brady Aiken have both been disappointments. Brady Aiken, I can't believe his ERA is only 4.3. If you look, his whip is like two. <laughs> he is letting he is letting two guys on per inning, and he is getting more people to ground into double plays and picking people off, and and just he is the ultimate Houdini act right now. Like I want to watch his starts just to see what in the world goes like starts happening when he gets guys on base. Like maybe he just like locks down. And and focuses like he needs guys on base. Maybe he's better out of the stretch than he is out of the windup. I don't know, but uh, but he has not been playing very well. His strikeout rates way down. His commands off. His walks are way up. Um, he's he's not pitching deep into games at all. And they're stre- trying to stretch him out, but he's just I, I don't know if he's pitched past the six, even into the sixth inning, or at, at least definitely not past the sixth inning yet. And then uh, Juan Hillman has also been a, a big disappointment. I don't know how he did today. Maybe maybe he imp- he'll surprise me. But he entered today with his ERA at nine on the season, which is wow. not very good for a top ten pitching prospect in the promotion. Let's see how he did. Come on, Juan, don't let me down. <laughs> gave up. He gave up three runs in the first two innings, uh, and then they never scored again. Well, so let's okay. see. He went five innings, three runs, three strikeouts, three walks, six hits. So that's that's actually one of his best starts this season. <laughs> lowered his ERA, right, at least. <laughs> yeah, it lowered it to 8.44. There you go. <laughs> but then Tanner Tolley, who I think should be starting right now for uh, Lake County, came in and provided four innings of long relief, no runs. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but yeah, one, yeah, Aiken and Hillman have definitely been uh, disappointments so far. Yeah, Aiken's had a couple really strange games, like that one where he didn't strike out anybody and walked eight or seven or eight, <laughs> something crazy like that. And it, it was eight, I think. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure it's a coincidence, but it's really weird that we all thought Nelly Rodriguez would be taken in the Rule Five draft for sure. Like that's an easy pick, and then everybody passed him, and now we kind of see why. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if like somebody, everybody saw something that wasn't really apparent that as people looking at box scores and occasionally watching games, but. Scouts probably saw something that was clear. Like once he reaches AAA, there's going to be a wall, and he's not going to be able to get over it. And he really mm-hmm. hasn't so far. Yeah, he is. He is struggling as mightily as I've ever seen someone struggle. Yeah, which is unfortunate for the Indians because he would be completely expendable if he was really good, and he'd be a really good trade chip. But I, there's, mm-hmm. nothing and there's nobody that there's nobody that's going to want him. Yeah, <laughs> like if they did, if they didn't want Jesus Aguilar, they definitely don't want Nelly right now. Oh man, Jesus Aguilar! I think he's hit a couple home runs for yeah, them. yeah. Jesus has been playing great. Yeah. I don't know how long they'll it's last, just, but yeah, it's, the problem is he's got he's sharing first base with Marcus Tames. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so our last question uh, that we got beforehand was from Matt McPhee. He wants to know less than a month until the draft, considering our current farm system, draft slot, first pick not till sixty four, and current major league roster. Do you see the Indians making? Do you see the Indians? Oh, do you think the Indians should draft high ceiling guys uh, like prep arms or higher fly guy, floor guys like college bats? Well, one thing the Indians have been doing a lot is they've been taking their first pick on a high ceiling guy, like a prep guy. Like they did that last year with uh, Nolan Jones and Will Benson right away. And then they 
they went hard on um, some low fl- low or low low floors or high floors. That's what mm. it is. I, I knew I could figure it out. <laughs> There's a floor somewhere. They, they they went hard on some high floor guys like Aaron Cavell and Shane Bieber. And Cavell and Bieber are crushing it right now with the, our basically our round three and round four picks. Um, I mean, Bieber already got promoted to high A this season. Cavell is going to be right behind him any day now. Um, so I think this year they might just skip that that first, you know, super potential uh, prep prospect. And then they'll just go right into their high floor guys. Because those high floor guys, they have been killing it with their selections. Like the Indians are doing their homework. Um, even guys that you know, we're not even super familiar with, uh, like you can tell that they know what they're doing out there because those guys, they, they, they have been performing above and beyond like last year's top 10, all the, the college players that they drafted have been absolutely destroying. I, I have been so impressed whether it was like up in the, like the, the, the Cavals and Beavers at rounds three and four or, super late guys like Ben Krauf, who's been one of the best relievers in the, the tribe system since he'd been drafted and Tanner Tully, like a guy that got like the 25th round and his ERA is like 1.6 and he started and relieved all season. So yeah, they're doing a great job. Yeah. And it's this is year after year. There's really great drafts, which is going to keep the Indians open or the Indians window open for a while. And it's yeah, kind of the reason that like Edwin's struggle in the major league level isn't, as big of a deal as it could be because the unions have so many young, ta- so much young talent coming up with it when you just pump money into a free agent. So mm-hmm. drafting really well, just, just do that teams. Come on. Just, <laughs> just put in the ton of homework, make the correct choices. You'll be fine. No big deal. It's not that hard. <laughs> so, well, Brian, it, yeah, it, it can be hard. I mean, as evidenced <laughs> by right before Grant took over, we had about a stretch of about 10 years with oh. no good prospects that made the team. <laughs> yeah. That's, that was a long time. And I mean, like all the earlier years, like the seventies and eighties and all mm-hmm. those struggles we've seen for so long. Um, so Mason Shattuck in the comments, he wants to know, Oh, where'd it go? Um, oh, the one he said was that Hillman was almost as good as McKenzie at Mahoning Valley last year. And yeah, that's true. I mean, we thought his struggles at the end were just fatigue because he was pitching so much, but it's carried over, which is really unfortunate for Hillman. Well, the one good thing I've noticed is, Hillman has actually gotten better every start. Like today, I think, was his best start of the season. And his ERA is lowering every start. And this today was actually, let's see, he had three walks today, but he's actually been a lot better with walks. Um, like he's not a guy that's going to blow people away, so he doesn't get a lot of strikeouts. But entering today, he had had three of his last four outings not given up a single walk. So I think his command is getting better. Now he just has to work on uh, hitting his spots better and not serving up meatballs because uh, I like I watched him pitch and he was getting ahead of a lot of hitters. But the problem was he wasn't just hitting the corners. I mean, he was first pitch, you know, down the middle type of thing. And then when they realized what was happening, guy first pitch blasted a home run. So uh, he 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 he. He's a pitch-to-contact guy that just needs to work on forcing guys to make weak contact. And and that's just a part of the development process. I'm not ready. I'm not thinking Hillman is a lost cause or anything. 
he just he doesn't have that electric stuff like McKenzie. Yeah. So he needs to work a little bit better on hitting his spots. And once he does, I think he'll do just fine. I mean, look at Shaoqing Chang. I mean, that guy has been unbelievable this year, and he doesn't hardly strike out anybody ever. Yeah, just a different way to win that some pitches have. I think, yeah. like, that, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say Chang would be another guy that would that was a that's been a huge, uh, hugely impressive for me with uh, how he's performed. Let's see, he started today too, so let's see how he did. He went seven and two thirds innings, uh, and didn't give up a run until the sixth inning, but then he gave up five. <laughs> <laughs> but that was in in the sixth and eighth innings, so yeah. you know, third time through the order, but. I mean, this guy has been going seven or more in almost all of his starts. Yeah, and I think the thing so. with, like, like Hillman, like, you don't really mind that he has a higher ear at first. As long as it's lowering, like, when he gets to that yeah. new level and he's trying out things, yeah. it's fine if he struggles. As long as you see it going mm-hmm. down, it's not steadily yeah. either the, going up and, or staying flat. And the main thing is to see that the walks are not going crazy. Like, right. the main thing you want to look at is command. Is he Is he hitting the zone? And then you can work on you know, hitting your spots better. So, and that's just something he's going to have to keep working on. And we've got a full season instead of a half season. So we got a lot more time to work on it. I mean, it's still only a month and a half into the year and there's a long season to go. And our final question, again, from Mark Shattuck, a very important one. Brian, what's your Twitter? This is great stuff. (laughs) I have two Twitter accounts. Um, The main one I use is at Brian Hemminger, super easy. And then uh, I also have one. And that one, is just everything. Like I'll be posting a ton of rock festival stuff on it this week. So it's going to annoy people. If you don't like rock music, I'm at rock. <laughs> I'm at rock on the range. I'm going to be taking, I'm getting as close as I can to every band, getting a good picture and then tweeting about whatever I thought of each band. And then, but so if you don't want that stuff, <laughs> uh, follow my baseball Twitter, which is at tribe time LGT, I think. Yep. So, you think? I don't know. I don't know yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure this it one. is. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool. And that one, yeah, and that one, I post like you know, just if I think of some fun facts about some prospects, or I'm impressed by some performance, or mm-hmm. whatever. So that one, I'm always talking baseball, and I only follow like Indians prospects and Indians news and everything Indians. Cool. Well, Brian, thank you for joining me as always on these weekly prospect chats. They're always fun. Thank you, everyone listening now live for asking all your questions. If you're listening now on a podcast service, wherever, whatever, even if you're listening at the top of the the Player of the Week post right now on a YouTube video, thank you, too. Um, it all helps. Um, and we will talk to you guys next week. See you then. See ya.